add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Leia Healthcare It's good to live Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry Welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, it's my top 10 weight loss tips episode. I love doing these tips episodes. They're lots of fun, giving you some simple tips to improve your health. And in this episode, we're going to have a look at weight loss, particularly this time of year. Everyone's looking to lose weight for the summer to get in shape for that beach body, for the dress, for that event, for the wedding, whatever it is. Weight loss is generally high on people uh, people's agenda. So we thought we would bring you our top 10 weight loss tips. So grab your pen, grab your paper and listen in because I'm going to give you the top 10 ones that I have learned over all my years of personal training and working with people uh, in the gym and both in our corporate clients as well and things that work for them. As ever, if you have any questions, don't be afraid to let us know. It's at CarlHenryPT on Twitter and on Instagram and realhealth at independent.ie for questions. Okay, so first tip really important. First of all, remember, weight isn't the only thing to be aware of. It's not necessarily about what you weigh. It's about the relationship between your muscle and your fat ratios. If you watched Operation Transformation this year, you will see have seen that that was kind of front and center for our messaging. We wanted to tell people exactly that, that it's about the quantity of muscle and the quantity of fat you have in your body, not just that number on the scales. It doesn't really tell me a whole lot. If you have loads of muscle and not loads of fat, that's a healthy thing. And if you have loads of fat and not a whole lot of muscle, well, that's an unhealthy thing. And when you're doing weigh-ins, ideally, you want to check that. You want to check your body fats, see how much fat you have in your body. And when you weigh in on a regular basis, and we'll talk about that later on, you want to aim to get that body fat number down. Now, there's lots of reasons for that. To have muscle on your body burns more calories just having it there and keeping it there. So the more muscle you have, you'll burn more calories during the day than someone beside you who has less muscle. And that's why people promote muscle building and resistance exercise to get some more muscle onto your body because you burn more calories to just keep it there. So how do you measure your body fat? There's loads of ways you can do it. Uh, you can get a calipers. Um, you need someone to do that. You can get a scales that measures uh, muscle and fat. There's lots of those Um that we can recommend. Obviously, Tanita would be one if you have between five and 25,000 to spare on your scales, that's the one to buy. But most people don't. So what can you use? Um, Nokia have a really good scales. They bought out a company called We Things a couple of years ago. And that scales, we've trialed it. We ha- I have it at home myself. We've trialed it with our five grand uh, Tanita scales in the gym. And it's pretty close in terms of the accuracy. Uh, it's a Nokia scales. You'll see it. It's around 100 euro. It is uh, Bluetooth and wireless. And it talks to your phone in terms of tracking your stats and tracking your numbers. And the muscle and the fat ratios have been pretty accurate and pretty consistent in relation to our more expensive scales that we have in the gym. There are other ones. Obviously, Omron is another really good brand. They're a little bit cheaper. Uh, They're about 50 euro, thereabouts. And any of the Tanita scales are really good too. Key thing is, don't just measure the weight. Measure more about your weight loss than that, which is ideally your fat loss. So when you're losing... um, 
weight, that weight loss is fat. In terms of how much you can lose, on average, you're generally looking between one to two pounds a month for women and a little bit more for men. That can change depending on your body type, your body shape, the kind of training you're doing and just your metabolic conditioning. Um, but generally, you're looking between one and two pounds a month there or thereabouts for women and nearly double that for men. Okay, that's the first tip. Pretty simple, but really important and loads of people don't do it. Your pharmacy may also be able to help you there. Most of them have scales uh, this year, which will help to track your body fat levels as well. So don't be afraid to ask in the pharmacy too. Okay, second top tip is your resistance training. So we do huge amounts of work all around the country with corporates. And one of the things that we find with groups when we ask them what kind of training they do uh, mostly it's cardiovascular, which is walking, running, cycling, uh, surfing, mountain biking, anything that gets your heart rate up, all, the, all those cardiovascular machi machines in the gym that are always full. But very, very few, normally less than 10%, do some form of resistance training. It is the most beneficial form of exercise. It will help prevent things like osteoporosis, arthritis, cardiovascular disease, um, metabolic disorders, absolutely everything. It's so beneficial, but so few people do it. In terms of losing weight, it's one of the key things you need to do to lose weight, especially as you get older. As your body ages, you have less muscle and more fat as you age, your body gains body fat. One of the ways to slow that process down is resistance training. So it's pretty much lifting a weight in some way, shape or form. We're all weights. Um, a squat, for example, is resistance training, a press up, a plank, um, a lunge. They're all body weight exercises. Or you go into a gym, you pick up a weight and you lift that weight for a set number of repetitions, 8, 10, 12, uh, 15 or 20, whatever it may be. That resistance training is absolutely crucial, not just for weight loss, but to your overall health. Yet, so people, so few people do it. How can you get around that? Um, a couple of things. One uh, is if you are in a gym, uh, book an instruction uh, and get shown how to use all the machines. Simple. Again, be a customer. Don't be afraid to be a customer. Two, then... Um, YouTube can be really, really good. You find a trainer who you like to work with because you're going to be listening to them and looking at them. So find someone that you like and then aim to change that program on a consistent basis. So, you know, try new versions of their programs. Uh, again, the Operation Transformation Plan is there. I'm not plugging it because I work on it. I'm plugging it because it's free. It doesn't cost any money and you can do it in your own home. And it's a structured program over eight weeks that we create. So it's really simple and it's free. Uh, resistance training in your own home. You can close the curtains, close the door. No one has to see you do it. But it's so beneficial. It is the most crucial form of exercise that you can do that we just don't do enough as a nation. It'll be great for weight loss, but even more important, it is fantastic for your long-term health and reducing the risk of age-related disorders as we age. So it's a no-brainer. Just try it and don't be afraid to try it because it is so good for your body. But a couple of weeks of consistency, you'll be amazed at just how normal it becomes in terms of the session. My third tip for weight loss is a kind of a funny one. It's about daily movement. We know people who move more during the day, who are less sedentary, are naturally healthier. They're generally lighter. How can you do that? Simple stuff. Uh, you can stand as often as possible. We know that by standing for one hour a day, seven days a week, for 52 weeks of the year, you can burn up the equivalent of about 100 chocolate bars or 140 cans of fizzy drink or six pounds of butter there or thereabouts, depending on the person. And that's from a simple standing swap, 20,000 calories over the course of a year by standing for one hour every single day. So it's a really easy way to do it. When you sit in the chair, the chair does all the work for you. 
when you stand, your body has to do all the work and it works harder to keep itself standing up. Um, lift bands are always good unless you have to use them. So using stairs instead of lifts or instead of elevators is an obvious one. If you're listening to the podcast in an airport, don't use the travelators that do all the work for you. Walk yourself. When you get off the plane, there's always that queue for the escalator uh, and the stairs are generally free. Use the stairs. They're free forms of exercise that will improve your daily calorie expenditure, the amount of calories that you burn on a daily basis. The higher that is, generally, the lighter you're going to be because you're burning more calories during the day. So it's important just to move as much as you can. Get off the bus one stop earlier. Get off the train one stop earlier. Or if you're listening to this in the car and you're going to park somewhere, park as far away as you possibly can from the place that you're going. Um, the supermarket or a shopping center will be a classic one for this. You see people circling the car park to get as close as they possibly can to the door so they can go in. Why not park further away? Um, I'm incredibly annoying to live with and to be with because that's what I do. I park in the corner of the car park where no one else parks because we have to walk and just more movement. And if you're going shopping, I carry my shopping bags back to the car because it's resistance training, it's movement during the day. And again, it's getting the body to do as much work as possible uh, when we're just using it in our day-to-day -day lives. The more you can do that, the more calories you're going to burn, the more muscle you're going to have on your body, and the better it's going to be for your overall health. Plus, you're de-stressing and you know producing a few endorphins at the same time, so what's not to love? It's pretty simple, but it makes a big, big difference. Um, tip number four is intense cardiovascular work. So I talked earlier on about resistance training, how brilliant it is for the body. Cardiovascular work is also really good for you, but most people don't work hard enough to get the benefit. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll have heard me talk about your talk test before, which is pretty simple, that if you are walking along list, listening to this, and this effort level is how hard you're working. So if I'm beside you, you can talk back to me just like I'm talking now. That's not exercise. It doesn't count as exercise. It's not going to change your body in any way, shape or form, because it's too easy. So to get your body to change, you have to work harder. So it becomes slightly more intense. Um, there's loads of ways to measure that. There's high intensity work where you're fully out of breath, which is really uncomfortable, but really beneficial. But, you know, talk test is what I tend to use with my clients and I tend to recommend. That's pretty simple. It means that if we're chatting and we're exercising, you're out of breath, but you can hold a conversation just and just about there, thereabouts. So you're out of breath, but you can still count to 10. You can still just about talk. It's normally a heart rate between 135 and 150 beats per minute. If you have a smartwatch or heart, what, heart rate tracker, you'll be able to see that. It's normally around there. But the talk test is a really simple way to do it. Keeping it intense means that every time you go out, you have to work hard. The fitter you get, the harder you have to work to hit that point. So it's a really simple way to ensure the time you spend, and we're all extremely busy, but the time that you spend exercising is beneficial for you and it's going to help get your results. Remember, if weight loss is one of your things that you want to do, you've got to work hard to get it. It doesn't come easy. And just getting more movement in during your day, getting your intense cardiovascular work, getting some resistance training, this is how it's going to work. This is how you're going to do it. So it takes a little bit of work, but to do it properly and to get the right amount of fat loss over a period of time, that's what you have to do. So just get, the, get it into your day. Get your and your cardiovascular work far more intense. If you cycle to work and that's your or walk to work and that's your exercise, cycle faster, walk faster because that's what you have to do for that to actually count as exercise. And that pulls it back to the, the whole idea of ten thousand steps a day. A brilliant concept, but ten thousand steps a day of low intensity, like super low intensity, walking or cycling, does very very little for your health in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, you might be outside getting some light, you might get some fresh air, that's all brilliant, really good for your mental health, but actually physically it's not going to do anything for your body, you won't change. And it's one of the biggest things we see with clients who come in, is that they don't, you know, I'm walking 50 kilometers a week but I'm not changing. Well, how hard are you, how fast are you walking? Well, I'm bringing the dog for a walk or walking with my friends, are you ever getting out of breath? No. And you're not going to see change unless you do. Okay, tip number five. Let's have a look at food. The first thing is that you can't out-train a bad diet. Food is crucial, and I'm the exercise guy, um, but it is absolutely crucial to losing weight and losing fat. It really, really is. It's at least 60%, if not slightly more, of the of the results that you're going to get. Now, what do I mean by you know, a bad diet. Well, chances are you probably know, probably know what that is. We don't do extremes on this program. You'll know that we do chat about other versions and other diets, but actually in terms of recommendations, 80-20 is what we recommend to our clients and to our listeners as well, because that's a healthy, balanced diet where you're eating healthily most of the time and you have the odd treat. Um, the odd being probably once a week. That's how we that's uh, how we do it with our clients. They have one meal out or one night out a week or whatever, and that becomes their that's their balance. That's the fun component of life because life is for living. So there's no point in being overly strict. Um, in terms of food tips, again, if you've listened before, we've done episodes on that, so have a look back through the, the, the series, and you'll see episodes that are specifically around food, but uh, particularly with Orla Walsh. But while we're here, some simple tips: um, eat your breakfast first start. Get a really good breakfast into you. Ideally eat every three hours there or thereabouts. So it's breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, and then dinner. Um, we recommend our clients to have a cutoff time for their food. So it kind of, it pulls it back to a very basic version of intermittent fasting where you will eat all your meals within 12 hours and then fast basically for 12 hours. Give your body time to digest its food. Um, some people, a lot, uh, will have an issue with that because they say it doesn't matter as long as you're eating a certain amount of calories. I Yes, calories in, calories out are crucial, but actually we find our clients like the structure of whatever time I have my breakfast, within 12 hours I have to have eaten my dinner. And it gives your body 12 hours to digest your food. It also helps with the, the, most, the most difficult time for food and snacking, which is when you get home at night, you're watching the TV and you go for the snacks. So by having that cut off time, it makes it much, much easier in terms of just controlling that. Other tips for food are cooking more often. Cook as many meals during the week as you possibly can. Loads of water, two to three litres a day. The simplest way, forget about glasses because everyone forgets uh, how many glasses they've had. Get a really big bottle. I have one here in the studio in front of me. I always do when I come into studio. There's a litre and a half in that. I know I have to have two of those drank over the course of a day for um, to get enough hydration. And the way to check hydration is your, your, is your, your urine. When you go to the toilet, it should be basically clear or close enough to clear. If it's yellow, you're dehydrated. If it's very, very yellow, you're very, very dehydrated. So use that as a, as a guide. If, if you don't drink a huge amount of water, when you first start to drink it, yes, you go to the toilet loads, uh, but that begins to settle over the course of time. So don't worry, it will settle down. The hydration component is really important because sometimes we eat when we're actually just thirsty. Um, so hydration is crucial. Cooking more is crucial. And finally, my tip for food is reducing the quantity of uh, processed sugars that we have in our diet. How do you do that? Well, every product we have has a label. On the back of that label, there's several things. The first will be calories. The second is protein. The third is carbohydrate. Under carbohydrate, there's an of which sugars. It's on every label, okay? I'll give you that again. So you have calories, protein, carbohydrates, and under carbohydrates is of which sugars. If I can give you one tip or one tool to use that will apply to most foods out there, um, it's that one. Four grams of sugar 
is the equivalent of a teaspoon of sugar. If you divide the number on the label by four, you will see that number in teaspoons. And I guarantee it will change the way you eat. It'll change the way you choose the product because all of a sudden you see the sugar in that product in teaspoons. And it's far more powerful than an average number. There are exceptions to the rule, milk being one, yogurts being another. But generally, it's a really, really good guide. Fizzy drinks, for example, 10 teaspoons of sugar per can. 10. It's frightening in terms of the quantity of it. Cans of energy drinks that are bigger cans, I won't mention any brands, can have can have 16 teaspoons there thereabouts. Massive numbers, so use that guide. Four grams equals a teaspoon. Use that to select the products that you're eating and it'll make a huge difference in terms of the sugar intake that you have over the course of a day because uh, that's really, really important when it comes to weight loss but also when it comes to fat loss too. Folks, you are listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. This is our top 10 weight loss tips episode. I'll recap from the first five for you just so you have them. One, remember, weight on its own isn't the most important thing. You have to look at your muscle versus your fat. Two, resistance training. Three, daily movement. Four, intense cardiovascular work. Make sure you're hitting your talk test point. And five, you can't out-train a bad diet. Now, maybe they look a little bit simple, but actually, they really, really work. And that's why we recommend them, because they're simple swaps or simple changes or simple things to be aware of, but they make a huge, huge difference. How do you know that? Because I'm gonna, next tip is I'm going to ask you to track your health. So weight loss is why you're listening to the episode. You want to lose some weight. Well, you need to track that. Um, remember, ideally you're looking to lose fat. So once a week, I want you to measure that. Ideally, Wednesday's a really good day because if you've had a treat day over the weekend or a couple of drinks, it allows you some time to get back on track and it's a much more normalized day to do your weigh-ins. So once a week, the trick here is to weigh in the same time at the same day. Um, the classic uh, trainer tip here or, or trick, if you like here, is on your first session, they'll weigh you in the evening time, and your second session, they'll weigh you in the morning time without uh, really making you aware of it. And there's a massive variation because two different times, you'll weigh two completely different weights. In the evening, you could be three to four pounds heavier um, just from food and fluid during the day. The record, actually, I've seen on that is I had a client oh, about six years ago who would gain between seven and 10 pounds of fluid over the course of her workday. And I didn't quite believe it, but I measured her uh, several times, and that's exactly what happened. She had really poor circulation. So we worked on it, we improved it, and we actually got her, A, she lost weight, B, she gained a little bit of muscle, and C, we made a massive difference to the quantity of fluid that she would, um, A, drink, but also pool during the day in terms of her uh, in terms of her circulation. So you can gain a lot of weight. To so measure the same time, ideally in the morning time, once you've gotten out of bed before breakfast, and track that number over the course of time. The consistent measurement is what keeps you on track. If you have a bad week, still measure. Because whatever that number is, it is, and that's perfectly fine. Sometimes you'll get weeks where it may not reflect the effort level, but that's all, that's okay too. But it's a consistent measurement that you need. You can measure lots of other stuff. Um, ideally, you will. So um, in terms of weight, obviously your fat, your, your fat loss is crucial, but also you can take a tape measure, you can measure your waistline, you can measure your inches in terms of body. With our clients, we measure their neck, uh, their chest, their right arm, uh, their upper waistline, their lower waistline, their hips, their right leg, and their left calf. They're the, tra the ones that we track, and we measure them consistently over the course of uh, our clients' progress. So there's lots of ways to measure. The key thing is find one that works for you, 
at least, if more, fantastic. But track them once a week on the same time and the same day. That's really, really important. And again, Wednesday is the ideal day for that because it allows for the weekend. Um, tip number seven is to work together. So we know that people who train together generally are healthier in the long run. Families uh, work together uh, to be healthier or healthier in the long run. And the same with friends. So if your friends spend their time in the pub all day Saturday and all day Sunday, well, chances you will spend your time in the pub all day Saturday and all day Sunday. If you work together as a group and all of a sudden you start hill walking as a group, well, you're all healthier together. So get maybe a training buddy. Uh, we had Pat Dively in a couple of weeks ago. He's always, he always talks about an accountability partner. Uh, someone to talk to, someone to be accountable to. If you have a bad day, you help them, they help you. And it works really, really well. Um, the key thing there is just identify, you know, someone who you want to work with or find that you, you'd work together really well and set a target, set a goal, work towards it and help each other. That could be one person. It could be a family. Sometimes we get asked to work with families. Um, uh, if it's we get asked to work with children, we will certainly work with the family as a whole unit and the family work together to get healthy. And that improves the results. Also, it doesn't isolate one person in the family either. The whole unit works together. And I think in the, over the next couple of weeks, we will do a family health episode for the Real Health Podcast and it could be really interesting. I'll give you some proper tips that we use then. But the key thing behind this tip is working together as a unit uh, is really, really important for health. And you will be fitter, healthier, lighter when you surround yourself with people who are healthier. Um, we've talked about it before, but it's so important to your own health is the health of those around you. So work together as a group. Um, and reward each other as a group, but just do it together and help each other when you need it. Okay, tip number eight is avoid the training plateau. So you'll all know this because it happens to pretty much everybody, myself included, which is you start training, you start to get healthy, and all of a sudden, uh, week one, amazing results. You're delighted, you're motivated, you're focused, you're driven. Week two, really good results. You're focused, you're driven, and you're motivated. Week three, good results. You're still focused, you're still driven, you're just about motivated. Week four, oh, the results are okay. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're slightly demotivated, you're slightly frustrated, and you're not quite so sure that this is, this is going to work. Week five, no results. And now you're demotivated unfocused and more likely to fall off the wagon. That is a training plateau. Uh, we see it consistently, so we try and get around it. How do we do that? pretty easy. We actually, we change our sessions every single time with our clients. Um, I myself will change my, my session that I do pretty much every session. So for example, one run uh, after another, they're never the same. They're different sessions, they're different times, they're different heart rate zones, they're just different. Uh, in resistance training, all of the sessions are different, for example. So our client sessions are never the same back to back. We change everything as much as we possibly can. We find that a really good way to avoid the body from plateauing. Eventually, it will plateau at some stage. Um, for women in, in around your time of the month, it certainly will plateau. You would expect that. But you'll know by how much, by measuring um, your weight, if not more, on a regular basis, and you'll see it. From experience, uh, generally one to five pounds is what women can gain at their time of the month. I have seen more. Seven is the highest I've seen. Um so just be aware of that. But again, that, that comes back to tracking. So you know if you know, every four to five weeks there or thereabouts, your weight goes up a little bit, you'll know why. The healthier you get, the lower the impact uh, of, of period weight gain, of period pain. That whole menstrual cycle is lessened, the effects of it are lessened by being healthier 
Um, no, and was that something we see again and again and again with our female clients? So it'll make a huge, huge difference. But to avoid the plateau, that's it. Change it as much as you can. Push your body as much as you can. Make sure you're working out intensely uh, and vary the, the, the types of workouts that you do. And it'll make a massive, massive difference. Two more to go. Um, prepping your meals is crucial. Uh, that's tip number nine. So I'm not suggesting you spend hours and hours and hours prepping meals, but the more you prep, the more you have there, the healthier you're going to be. So for example, I have a freezer at home full of meals. I, I fill it because when I make a meal during the week, I generally make double the portion and I will store half of it in the freezer, name whatever the meal is, and I know it's there. So if I need it, or if, uh, if I've had a particularly busy day and I don't want to cook, I know that the food is in the freezer, and I've planned and prepped, and the foods are there. And doing that, making a bigger portion, and then ha putting half of it in the freezer in a container, is a really good way to do it, because it means you're not spending any more time cooking, really, than you normally would be. You might be chopping for a little bit longer, but generally... You don't have to make, not, there isn't a huge difference in it. So that's one way with which to do it. Alternatively, you can spend an hour or two on a Sunday and just prep your meals. Um, it's so simple. It's so important. It's become very trendy and very fashionable. Tupperware containers have never been trendier uh, around Ireland, but it is a simple way of improving your health. Finally, I suppose weight loss, fat loss, um, is really back down to one thing. It's calories in versus calories out. Uh you have to have an adjustment for that those numbers to find weight loss or fat loss. A pound of fat is three and a half thousand calories. If you lose one pound of fat a week, that's a huge number of calories. So it's that simple. Reduce the amount of calories that are going in and increase the amount of calories that are going out in terms of expenditure and your energy expenditure and you have a deficit. You will lose weight. If you have more coming in than you have going out, you will gain weight. It's oversimplified. It applies for 90% of the population. There are a percentile that it doesn't apply. And I've seen that myself in, in terms of with clients where the calories in, calories out doesn't quite apply. So it's not always uh, an exact science. Weight loss, um, bodies, health never are. They're, they're so variant. And it's one of the things I love about what I do and the fact that every person who comes through the door, every session that I do, people are different. And it's, and it's one of the issues I do have with social media in terms of and the online training systems that are out there. They're presuming everyone is the same, and they're not. And that's where experience comes in in terms of working with the body and body types. But as a good guide, calories in, calories out, it's a pretty good guide. How can you track them? There's loads of apps out there that you can do that. Um, My Fitness Pal is probably quite a good one. There's a lot of them that you can scan the barcodes of the foods that you're eating, and they'll automatically update the calorie content and, and the macros and the micro content into, uh, into the app. But in a simple way, just tracking notes on your phone. Don't, you know, make it really easy. So the notes on your on your smartphone, open it up, everything that goes in, put it there with the calorie count in it, and then your expenditure, how much exercise you're doing over the course of a day. Um, and you, by having less going in and more going out, you will lose weight and you will also lose fat. So, folks, they're my 10 simple tips for weight loss. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As ever, try them. See what works for you. Don't be afraid to listen back to the episode. Make sure you write some stuff down and just make it visible. Spend a little bit of time planning and prepping, getting your big food shop done, getting your measurement done. And the key thing here on the measurement is, regardless of where you start, just by measuring, you're automatically healthier. And what I mean by that is sometimes it's the most, it's the scariest component of health for people because they feel they're too unfit, they're too overweight, that they can't do it. The reality is, no matter what your starting point is, 
you will see progress in the space of seven days. And by seeing progress, you're motivated, you're focused, and you will stay on track and you'll be healthier. But please just start with that one simple measurement. It could be a one kilometer walk. It could be walking around the park. It could be cooking four meals. Just measure something about your health and aim to improve that measurement over the course of seven days. Because all you need is one week where there's an improvement and that will stimulate and that will excite you and that will get you motivated more than anything else. So don't be afraid to measure something in terms of weight loss. If that is your target, obviously aim for your fat loss and by having the right scales, you will certainly find a way to do that. As ever, you can email us questions. It's realhealth.independent.ie at PT on Twitter and on Instagram. And as ever, don't forget to give us a rating and a review. This is the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.